Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? (laughs) Welcome back, ladies and germs, to the Saturday Night Freak Show, the most fun you're going to have all week. My name's Colin. You're in my basement at my bar, and I'm surrounded by a bunch of guys, including... Tom, Travis, Sean. Are we just guys tonight? We're not luminaries or superstars or. We need to come up with something. We're radio superstars. Radio Hello, out there, radio. radio land. <laughs> yes, and every week the Saturday Night Freak Show <coughs> happens. We watch a movie. We sit back here. We talk about it. You listen to it on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, PodBay FM, or you can download the MP3 directly from our website, Saturday Night Freak Show dot blogspot dot com for the time of your life this week your life our movie was chosen by sean sean what did we watch this we, week we watched the uh 1991 joe johnston directed the rocketeer dun, dun, dun. the rocket the rocketeer so this the rocketeer is a affectionate throwback to was this saturday morning cereal uh yeah, yeah basically the, yeah the, uh, well specifically i want to say there was one called i don't know if it was called like i don't know if it was called rocket man or i want to say the character's name was commander cody i'm uh, not 100 like i'm not 100 positive i read something about that but yeah. so yeah it's like a complete i mean the actual comic book was I want to say from 1990 or 89? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it was so right. Yeah, it's not an old comic. No, it was actually featured as a like a second feature in a book called Star Slayer. So the Rocketeer was actually I want to say five. Well, I think five chapters in the Star Slayer series. So you would have to. No, it was just like you got like one chapter, like the original in this movie. Uh, I'm sure eventually we'll talk about when Cliff Secord saves uh, their buddy Malcolm from, like, he's trying to, you know, help Cliff by getting in and doing his clown act, but he hasn't been behind. That was, like, the original first story. The original first story was the mobsters uh, driving onto the airfield, got in the whole fight, switched out the the vacuum with the, uh, the rocket, Cliff found it, wants to make some extra money by flying in the air show. Then that Malcolm guy goes up. That was like the very first story. And uh, it continued in like, I want to say the first three parts were in that Star Slayer. Then it went on to something that was actually called the Rocketeer Adventures magazine. And then there was like another, I mean, it was so split up over the years. It was crazy. If I didn't mention it, it was by a... It's like full on Rocketeer fighting Nazis. See, that's something that wasn't really because originally the the original story is more or less the uh, the federal agents trying to get it back for Howard Hughes and uh, mobsters trying to get it. Who and I can't recall if uh, Nazis were necessarily involved in the very first uh, original story. So yeah, so yeah, so so this came out and like if you haven't seen the original comic book artwork, I mean Dave Stevens. 
This guy. There's a he, really famous. Wait, did he do, he did he do the? Is was he an artist then? Yeah, or the he, he was both. He did the. Did he art. do the poster for this? I'm, I'm re- seeing a poster. The Art which Deco is like poster. Kinda, yeah, I don't. Yeah. And it has like the Rocketeer like shooting up through. It's like a yeah. white poster with yeah. him in the middle. I don't think that he was did the, that poster because that yeah that's very Art Deco. Right, that's it is very, Art Deco. That was the original, and then they decided yeah. it wasn't showing off the cast enough, so they made the right. one yeah, that the we one you see the, now. The but they even made. I mean, I remember that like when I was a kid. I remember seeing that like cardboard stand up in the theaters yeah, and I yeah. was like dude I'm seeing this whatever the hell it is yeah when I you saw know. it originally I thought it was like you know because that was the period of time in movies when they were doing like well I mean there was the Batman movie and then there was Batman the Shadow, Returns and Dark Man you know it's like all these comic yeah, book uh, you know it seemed like they were they were going back through the you know history of comics and like finding these characters that they could make into to new movies and that's why I just thought like Rocketeer this must be somebody I haven't heard of you know it's a, like from the 1930s because wasn't the Shadow like around the same well the, the Shadow the movie, the movie I mean the movie oh. came out around the same time yeah the movie was like, probably like 92 93 yeah and that character is actually from like the 19. 19- 30s. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The shadows from the thirties. Yeah, this was just like Dave Stevens' throwback to that era, you know. Because I mean, comic books, you know, by that time, of course, you know, you're really used to just the Supermans, the uh, what we in the comic book field refer to as the Mystery Men. You know, that would be your Green Hornets, your Shadow, your Lone Rangers, the people that don't have powers but they mask up. Detectives. Yeah, of they. The day. And uh, I like I've always liked uh, the Rocketeer just because he doesn't even want to be he's not even what you would call a hero necessarily he's a hero in the idea that when aviation was new and exciting you were a hero basically by just strapping in to something that flies really and you don't know what the outcome is going to be you know you can crash and die I mean that was what made you a hero the fact that you had the balls to get in a plane and try death-defying stunts or whatever, you know? So I think this follows that more traditional line of what a hero is doing something that is thought of as impossible. That's a hero. The unworthy, or the unbeatable task, that's what makes you a hero. You know, not the fact that that you save people and you're a good moral guy, just the fact that you're daring to do things other people aren't makes you a hero. Well, that's kind of what struck me about just watching this, you know, because, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it. I saw it in the theater and I've seen it on video, but it's been years. And I'm watching it again and I'm like, huh, there's no, that moment, I mean, they have it, but it's it's only like one incident. That moment where usually in the superhero movie, the hero goes and suits up for the first time and goes out on his first wild adventure and saves a bunch of people. Right. You know, I guess that's maybe established by the Superman, the movie. Right. Right, to set up that Yeah, the first the flight. Formula. Well, the first flight. <laughs> and they have it in the Rocketeer where he, you know, actually does go off and he saves uh, Malcolm. Malcolm, the, that, the guy who's... Uh, it's like what, a drunk or something. Yeah, yeah or in a fire field, yeah. But that's really it. I mean... There's really because yeah, I mean, really he just wants to fly. He wants to because you know at the beginning of the movie uh, they 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 wreck their plane when the uh, the, yeah, the gangsters they're like, they're, drive onto the airfield. They're gonna be they want to be racers. They're gonna go to the nationals or something with some plane. They yeah. yeah, Cliff Secord is the younger guy that's uh, played by Billy uh, Campbell. Bill Campbell. Bill Campbell, who we're trying to figure out oh, what he did he after was, Dracula. He like dropped off the face. Of yeah, he did, um, I think he did a bunch of TV, but not. Yeah, it's weird. Know, I mean, big. I think he's good. I thought. Yeah. He yeah, yeah I he's he a great. natural kind of you know midwestern yeah. you know kind of guy. Here we go. Yeah, and 
then uh, uh, Alan Arkin, who's just likable in like everything that he of does. Of course, is he like like <laughs> my? I had an older friend that was just like Alan Arkin's the worst actor in the world. Oh, just because, really? Well, I think Alan Arkin did like he learned that level of acting, and he really just thought where he's just that guy that's like, come on, you know that girl loves you. You know, he's always just that guy yeah, he that likes like villains and stuff. Like earlier in his career, I want to say he's in like the Taking of the Pelham One Two Three with Walter Matthau. Oh yeah, I could be way off on this, but it seems like he did you know other types of parts. But later in life, it's like oh, it's lovable Alan Arkin. He's I mean, the like, father he's just a kind of a likable. He was you know, just guy. the father in Grudge Match. He was Sylvester yeah, Stallone's right? father. Yeah, in yeah, Grudge yeah, Match. Yeah. He's always just like oh yeah, guy. Wearing, he's like the wearing the hat. He's like I'm gonna train. Yeah, he was Burgess Meredith yeah, the stand or, uh, for that movie. <laughs> the other guy. You remember Richard Farnsworth? He was the cop in Misery. Oh yeah, yeah. He's for another sure. one of those like you just see those guys and they're like that's the likable older that's pops. <laughs> so know? yeah, that, so uh, so Alan Arkin's PV PV like the engineer guy yeah. basically. Yeah, it's short for Peabody. Well, it's yeah, PV Peabody Peabody. His yeah. first name's A something, but it's <laughs> yeah. called so Alan. The, yeah. fl- the the pilot and the engineer. Yep, and they do they run stunt planes. And their plane crashes, like Travis said, and they end up like discovering this rocket pack that's wanted by the uh, FBI, the mob, and, and other parties, <laughs> other socialist parties. Which I gotta say, this is like my first like <clears throat> how I fell in love with dialogue in movies. Like, really comes a lot from this movie because I love that line at the very beginning when uh, when the the federal agent asks uh, the mobster, he's like. He's like, all right, where's the rocket? He goes, blown to hell. Why don't you go look for it? <laughs> it's like, yeah. I was like, that's a line. Singer, dude, on his deathbed. He's like, he's hurt. And he's like, hey, hey, lousy fed, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it had a lot of that. I mean, that's what was cool about, you know, this interpretation of the, you know, trying to capture that era. I guess they do it in the dialogue, you know, where they've got that kind of punchy yeah, you know, yeah. 30s slang. And, you know, I, I don't know. That was really uh, endearing, I guess. About it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I like so Cliff Secor is just like, dude, we just got to make our money back. I just want to borrow this rocket because people will probably pay to see a guy fly a rocket. You know, no, like, grand schemes of being a hero. Right. No, like, flights of fancy. Just like, dude, I'm going to borrow it. You know, they're not going to come looking for it, whatever. And, and where did the rocket come from? Howard Hughes says so. That's also another <laughs> line of dialogue that stuck with me my whole life. Tell, tell him, him it's over. Tell him the dream's over. Yeah. Tell, tell him, him Howard, Howard Hughes, Hughes said so. so. <laughs> Howard, Hughes, Howard Hughes had his own movie. That was the Aviator, the Scorsese thing. But he's the guy who invented the Spruce Goose and basically pioneered the Which is what Cliff Seaport flew out on. Yeah, as he was uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was say, that son of a bitch will fly. Yeah. Is that... Is, is, uh, Howard Hughes is that movie? What was it called? The Aviator. No, the the one that Howard Hughes actually produced, the flight movie, the like oh, the uh, dog in... fight movie. He actually spent like tons of yes, money. Yeah. On. I know he was, I was like, like, didn't that go down as like being one of the most highly budgeted movies of all time? Just because he spent so long, like, damn, what time, is the name of that movie? It's not name. like Wings of Glory or anything, is it? Well, there's one called Wings, if that's the one you're talking about. That's the first Academy Award winner. Uh, it's not plain, it? but I don't think... The Howard Hughes movie? I, I thought he his. did some kind of... See, this is where we're like, you know... Movie, Somebody with movie technology. scholars that, that, that don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> but I think he did produce uh, films. I like, believe he did, so, yeah. At some point in his career, before he went crazy. Because yep. he's also the inspiration for the you know, the crazy old guy in Creepshow. That E.G. Marshall plays at the end, reason like the hermetically sealed environment. Is it? <laughs> really? Yeah, Howard Hughes went like bug nut crazy. Oh, we know that. Yeah. I didn't know he's the inspiration for that. Yeah, yeah he it? lost. Well, in the Aviator, they kind of touch on that. He locks himself in an apartment. He's like a germaphobe, giant and, you know, beard, and yeah, long, long hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I wonder no. why, though. Was he into government contracts? He had uh, a mental... Howard yeah, Hughes says so. Yeah, he had some kind <laughs> of uh, familial history with schizophrenia or something like that yeah. that came out later in life. So also, like, I love uh, what is also endearing about the Cliff Secord character to me is... Uh, most of the times on this podcast, and almost in any movie, I bitch and bitch about a love story. He but, does. But if you tell me, indeed, if you tell me right from the get go, hey, this character just fucking loves this girl to death, then I, I buy it. If he's just like, hey, whatever, I'll do whatever for you, you know. Uh, but he's like too man, he's too manly to say I love you. He'll just be like, I'll go crazy if anything happens. You know, he never does say it. Yeah. He never says I love. You. He's just like, oh, I, I wouldn't yeah. know what to do without you. Oh well, shucks. He, at, at some point, it's yeah, it's like, does she know that you love her? She's. She's gonna. I love that too. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like. I like. The stakes actually I, do go up. I blew up a lot to Zimlin for you because those are really the two things. Like in the comic book, is he wants to keep the rocket to fly, and he's spending uh, so much time uh, like learning about the rocket that his his girlfriend, who in the comic book is actually named Betty, because right. she, oh, she's based off Betty Page. Be. Like yeah, I mean, uh, and like drawn exactly like yeah. Betty Page. Yeah. I okay. mean, but Disney wanted to kind of separate wanna, themselves yeah. from the so, Betty Page thing, so they Blake. call her Jenny Blake. Yeah. Well, it helps if she's played by, you know, the beautiful, beautiful oh, Jennifer. Vava Voom. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh. All right, so let's <laughs> yep, the yep, I second that. the appreciation show for a moment. Oh, look at that. You've got the time just pulled up the Hell's Angels. Is that the name of the movie? Oh, right. It Hell's is. Angels. Hell's Angels. Howard yes. Hughes' Hell's Angels. That with, is it. Gene Harlow. I know her. Ben Lyon, don't know him. James Hall, don't know him. There's no blimp. Or not, or, uh, sorry. Zeppelin. A Zeppelin there on the on Everybody the loved the Zeppelins. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Hell's Angels, that was it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so the Jennifer Connelly Appreciation Society. is officially, <laughs> officially formed here. Showing. So, so when <laughs> did we first meet Jennifer Connelly? Because I think, in actually, Labyrinth? that's what I, I was wondering was Labyrinth. Because I think I saw her maybe first in, like, Phenomena, <clears throat> the Dario Argento movie. Well, I mean, she was actually in Once Upon a Time in America. Oh, shit, that's right. That's where I first saw her. Once Upon a Time in America? This is probably yeah. where I first saw her yeah, in this movie. In this one? Yeah, this is probably where I first saw her. It's like Once Upon a Time in America, she was a daughter. Excuse then, me, where I first fell in love then, with Jennifer uh, Connelly. Somebody Labyrinth. plays her in, the, like, her character when she's older in that one, yeah. And then uh, Labyrinth, and then... Phenomena. Because Phenomena, it was just hilarious when I watched it again recently. At the beginning, it's like, and starring Jennifer Did Connelly. Did you watch like, Phenomena recently? Yeah, yeah. She's got like a big-ass credit. Isn't the that, ending like, awesome? The father? Yeah, yeah. Dude, that killed me. <laughs> the little boy when he slowly turns around. That's like, yeah. ooh. I love Phenomena. That's one of my favorite. <laughs> but I like Argentos. the fact that even there, it's like, because I'm wondering, like, what, how'd she get in this Argento movie? And it was like, it had to be because, like, well, if you're in it, we're going to like give you the title. You know what I mean? Like, she got top billing, had to be, like, looked after. Like, this is going to be the movie that, you know. <laughs> and then Labyrinth, I think, came out. Or, well, right was it? Was Le- or... Legend was her first movie, right? No, she wasn't in that. That was... Who um... was that? Oh, God. I'm thinking her name's Lily, but that's her name in the movie. She's that girl from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, the actress's oh. name is escaping my name. I don't know why I thought that was Jennifer But that, you know who I'm talking about, though, right? The, yeah, from Ferris Bueller's. Yeah, yeah. Very pretty girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then, pretty. Uh, yeah. Then Jennifer Connelly went on to, <clears throat> well, there was career opportunities. No? Nope. No? Okay. Not and then one. with Frank Wally, who was, uh, he was in the doors. Okay. And then, uh, <clears throat> and the Rocketeer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Mia Saro is uh, a girl from Legend. There we go. Thank you. Duh. Thank you, Captain Google. <laughs> I always get like Phoebe Cates, Jennifer Connelly, and that girl. Yeah. Well, the other one that uh, I keep on, like Jennifer Holy Connelly. Holy Trinity is oh a call. Well, she the reminds 80s, me of like time. when uh, Diane Ladd, not Diane Ladd, Diane Lane, when she was younger, mm-hmm. like her and Jennifer Connelly at that age, like are mixed up in my mind as like looking very, that must be my type. I don't know. A very sexy girl. Yeah. I was like watching this movie. I'm like, because Jennifer Connelly, I'm like, I didn't realize her boobs were that big. Because you're used to seeing Labyrinth? Or like just in general? Well, I do. I do want to say, I think it was the white dress. I think the white dress did add like a little like roundage. Well, no, I mean, I, I, saw, her, I saw her like early when she first gets introduced because she's wearing like a, well, she's wearing like a white and then it's like. It's like a blue dress, but then it's like a white top on top, which is like, man, things are huge. <laughs> Thank you for that uh, oh, yeah, contribution, yeah, Tom. Good, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark City. I liked her in Dark City where she actually played. Because this movie has like, you know, some, uh, it owes a, a debt in design to the 1930s. And Dark City does as well, where she's on the other side, kind of the singing. She's the ch- chanteuse. Is that what you call it? Ch- chart whatever she's the singer <laughs> at the uh <clears throat> the club in oh that. yeah who's a singer at the club in this but jennifer Connolly finally makes it to the other side of the microphone which is awesome and uh then she was in uh the oh. day of the earth so still pie in, uh, yeah pie and <laughs> oh, oh, no, a beautiful mind down a list of oh, all man, because she's okay well talking about? Like, that's my own dark water right there yeah dark water she's in dark water Connolly. Yum. So she's an actress in this movie. <laughs> this movie, the Rocketeer, which you're watching. I was just thinking, you get more of that hero shot that you were talking about, like the suiting up and everything. That happens actually almost like later in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like when he's become it, yeah. the Rocketeer. This movie's about how somebody like becomes times. a hero. What? It's kind of slow at times. You were saying that during the movie. Why don't you lay out your grudge there? Those were the yeah. lovey parts. What's, what's That's plot, man. I mean, there there's was... like There's like the beginning... Which is pretty good, and then like that's the finding of the rocket. The finding of the rocket, but then after he finds the rocket, it slows down to a grind for a while. Well, they're establishing relationships yeah, and backstory, and Neville Sinclair as an actor. Yeah, because he doesn't he doesn't tell Jenny about the crash, and then she finds out at dinner at the do- at the dog diner, so she's all pissed off. So they're they're establishing the fact that. Oh, Cliff! If you're, if I'm so important to you, why aren't I? But he's doing the man thing, and he's like, I'm not telling her because I don't want her to worry. You know, I don't want to ruin her dinner. You know, we're going out. You know, he's he's a fucking man. Yeah, and she uh, is an actress uh, in the movie. She plays an actress who uh, works in Hollywood and is on the uh, stage, sharing the stage with yeah Hollywood Land. Yeah, Hollywood Land. Hollywood Land. Sharing the stage with Neville Sinclair. Neville Sinclair. Who's an actor, you know, of the same era as like Clark Gable? And yeah, yeah. He's he's kind of based the off third, the third top grossing, which I, I believe would be under Clark Gable and, uh, and Errol Flynn. Flynn. Errol Flynn. Well, that's who he's based off. I thought he was based off of. Yeah, he's definitely based off Errol Flynn type character. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, he's playing some guy called some the Laughing Bandit or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the Scarlet Why, wait. Pimpernel or something. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> the Laughing Bandit. I the Laughing Bandit. That made been been losing his shit right then. It's swashbuckling. It was, it was fun, dude. That was some swashbuckling. <laughs> was a lot of swash. 
He was. That's like classic Hollywood. Everybody yeah. fight with swords. Yeah. Ting, 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 yeah. ting. Yeah, I thought like if it would be pirates, he would have really <laughs> lost shit. How about me? <laughs> Good heavens. Yeah. It's oh, wretched. It's I think wretched. I, was, I just I think I was thrown off by, because it was Timothy Dalton. Timothy, Timothy Dalton. Dalton, fresh off of his fresh off his, uh, Bond. James Bond. And I gotta say, this is probably the end of his career. I mean, right? The Rocketeer, and then he's like, go away. <laughs> go go back to England. Act in some of those movies over there. Well, I mean, he's been doing stuff. He's in this new Showtime show coming up called Penny Dreadful, which I'm kind of... Oh. It is right. 2014 now, and this was 1991. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. This, a lot of episodes this may have been the... Too. But this was may have Chuck? been the last time that he was, like, you know... Big time, yeah. Yeah. Because you know. I mean, villain, big time villain. Maybe he was worried about getting typecast. Maybe, maybe he started getting typecast as like Nazi villains or something. Because that's yeah, possible. Well, he's got like a mean streak to him. Like in everything that I've ever seen, Timothy Dalton, and he's like yeah. a very severe kind of like even, uh, in, even in the Bond. Stuff. I see. I've never yeah, even he, liked his Bond. I've never seen one of his Bond. I've never seen his Bond. Like, movies, he doesn't yeah. look like a Bond to me. His even hair his Bonds, too. he was like kind of like the. He's a mean Bond. He was. He was definitely a mean Bond. He was like. It, he only did like two Bond movies, but yeah. the two Bond movies were just—they were kind of dark for being Bond movies. Yeah, '80s, right? Yeah. The well, 80s. that's what I think where they went—they were trying to go mm-hmm. all Die Hard, McTiernan, yep. or something like that. Yep. yep. And then they cast Timothy Dalton, and then people said two was enough, and then <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. Or no, it went like Bond disappeared. Yeah, for like yeah. 10 they, years. Had to, yeah. <laughs> they had to build up the uh, the want for it again. He's back. The, uh, yeah, they yeah. did. I mean, so, I think he's like, uh, you know, I mean, that's the thing. It's like just in watching him, you know, I mean, I've seen him in stuff over the years. Do you ever see a movie called The Doctor and the Devils, which is kind of that, you know, who Burke and Hare yeah. were, the two guys who were stealing bodies from uh, and giving them to this doctor. They right. did a movie called Doctor and the Devils, which is basically that. Timothy Dalton plays the doctor. And even in that, I mean, he's just a, a sinister kind of character. Huh. And it's that's the thing. It's like I can only see him in, like, you know, in the sinister roles. It seems like he excels at them better <laughs> than he does in the, you know, when he's supposed to be a, a, a hero type. Yeah. He was one of the Time Lords of Gallifrey, also on uh, Doctor Who a couple of years ago. But, yeah, that's a, that's so neither the, here nor there. So i got to say, this is my first, like, ultimate flaw to this movie, though, is the idea that, so Cliff Secord visits Jenny on set, interrupts the filming of uh, the movie, and gets Jenny fired, right? Mm-hmm. And so Neville Sinclair's like, get her off the picture. Burn you know? from the lot. Yeah, burn from the lot. And then, so, while, he, while Cliff is chasing down Jenny to talk to her, you know, Neville Sinclair, convenience. who you already know at this point, you already know that he has dealings with a mobster named Valentine. Yes. Uh, Played by the great Paul Sorvino. Paul Sorvino. Oh, yeah. And uh, he wants the rocket uh, for himself. That So that's why well, the supposedly gangsters... Supposedly for himself. Well, yeah. Some other nefarious... Yeah. Uh-oh. So, the fact that... The fact that... It's just like this huge coincidence that uh, the villain is the lead actor... In the movie that Jenny's acting in, the the girlfriend of our uh, our uh, our uh, protagonist. Oh yeah, and the idea that in a hallway talking about we found a rocket, Neville Sinclair like hears this and it's on the like, other side of the wall. Jesus Christ, what an easy plot! <laughs> like that's how you like. Don't worry about a plot point. We'll just he knows, you know. <laughs> like, like I don't know why that's always bugged me. That's like the one thing that really stops me from watching this movie a lot. Is the idea that like what the fuck? There's no like because oh, really? that's didn't like well because that? that's where this movie that's why there's all these like slow parts. Is this movie it doesn't give you like intrigue? It doesn't give like 
the characters. And it's just like, oh, I know now. So now if I get a date with Jenny, then I can yeah, somehow we get her to get exactly the... Yeah, this well, is he, a little, well, this little gray. He but. tries to track down... Because, I mean, he tries to tra- track down uh, Cliff. But he, but nobody but, seems to know what Cliff looks like at this point. Like right. They don't know that the Rocketeer is him. Because the Rocketeer so, wears a helmet. Wears his helmet and everything. Like so they don't really know. They know Cliff's C-Cord, but they don't know what Cliff's C-Cord looks like. Mm-hmm. So Neville Sinclair is trying to go to get the rocket through Jenny because he knows that Jenny is... Dating Secord and right. he's got the rocket. Only so that's his way the, in. Only because, like, the mobsters, when they raided the place, they found a picture of Jenny. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, Jenny. from the plane. Yeah, the old picture that he puts in his plane. Yeah. Indeed. So then his nefarious plan is to romance or become a romantic foil for our hero. And five years later to find out where the rocket <laughs> Apparently is. Apparently yeah. so, right? So, again, the long con but, on this one. Okay, so. You like your suit? While you, were, you, while you guys were talking rockets? about that, because again, you know. <laughs> Do you like when rockets? I, when I saw this when I was younger, I <laughs> you just kind of accepted that as like, okay, that's what happens. I was this fine time around, since you guys were mentioning it, I'm like. Yeah, what the hell is his like plan? Because the monsters are like, bring her in here. We'll beat it out of here. We'll find out where he is in five minutes. No, I've got plans. <laughs> like, wait, we've got a five-year plan. My plan is to get her into my bed. Because then later, it was like, I'm like, okay, okay, this is kind of sketchy. It is Jennifer Connelly, right? Okay, I understand what he you're wants. Going. It's like the the villain trying to get the 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 the. He wants his cake and eat it too. He's trying right. to use He's her like, as a uh, as a hostage, but at the same time, hey, maybe hey, right. Yeah. The maybe villain, the villain always out. wants the the main woman to like. Yeah. I want you to be mine as well. Yeah. And I do like how there's the line where there's the scenes where he keeps delivering the lines from his previous movies, <laughs> and she's just too smart for her. She knows all the lines, right? So yeah. you know, it's one of those things where yeah, he is just trying to like woo her. This is He's after. Yeah. But that's after he like Drugs chloroformed her. her. <laughs> yep. Well, but he kidnaps her. But he tried. But he tried to use his acting ways to be like, "I'm being I'm blackmailed. blackmailed. There's nothing yeah, I can do. It's like, Leave it's me. Like, I'll get you out of here, my she dear." She witnessed the first him trying to kill her, her but boyfriend. She was smart. She was wise. Him being <laughs> friends. Obviously, she sees him being friends with. Like, I mean, he grabs a machine gun and starts shooting. She's witnessed this. Then he chloroforms her, takes her to his bedroom. She's playing along. Right. She's not falling for it. If you're a female it. in distress, Play, you I, don't want to necessarily start like playing, crawling up the walls. playing along. But I don't know what he's thinking. Yeah. Like, well, he's, he's still trying to figure out a way to seal the deal. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's like, the doll trying to get laid. It's like, he's yes, a man from the, ro- the 1938. What right? he thinks yeah. of a woman is he's like. He's like, I want, I want the rocket. But if I can get laid right here, that I'll would take be a bonus. Too. And the thing that sealed it for me, as far as like his character and like okay, like so he is like a like a dedicated poonhound. The the <laughs> book that triggers his secret room yes. is Casanova's Many Conquests. Yes, exactly. And I'm like, well, it would be that because that's who he is. <laughs> right. That's that's I don't even necessarily think. Mission. I don't think he's, he's got to bag the girl. Like, right. necessarily he's so a much Nazi. A he has a, a closet of women's clothing. <laughs> yes. He gets just like, oh, yep. this dress must be uncomfortable for you. Why don't you change anything into something more comfortable? I have this entire closet. <laughs> of clothes. Well, like I say, because he's probably not like directly like a Nazi. You know, I mean, he's not like, I mean, he's just. He speaks German. Well, 
But how Even many, he one how many actors were actually blacklisted back in the day? For there's many sympathizers, yeah, the, many people that like connect things. Well, that's and, where I thought they were going. But once he's on the, uh, he adopts the, the full German the talk. Yeah, yeah it, when it, I, like, that's full the fatherland. Yeah, I took that as like at, you know when all his pretenses are down. I've been playing this part of this American he's or British, British actor, you know, up until now. But I'm actually like a hundred percent hardcore German. Indeed, I don't know. That's what I got. That's what I, that, I take that, from that it. End. It seems like he goes no, full German because it's like why else no, would the, he be but the, but the way, but the way, no, 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 not that he wasn't like full Nazi, but just like like the way that dude was yelling at him at the end. Like I don't think he's some like high in the ranks guy. You know, Snow. he is a fucking actor yeah. who who could only use his acting right. connection. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how bad of a not? I mean, I mean, hey, I think you can do a lot in Hollywood with your connections, personally. <laughs> But uh, well, I think it probably would have been. I think it probably would have been played better if it had a go, had gone the way you're saying. If it was like he's you know just been a spot. He's a British guy works for the Germans. He's well, a turncoat. I mean, I know. I, but I it did seem like they were trying to play it as he was a full on German. No, but I think that's even fine like that because I mean, look no. at how many actors we like that no, are. They, you know, they, they didn't play it. As I'll even full on German. Because they, no, he did because he'll say like a bro, bro. I mean, he went straight oh, up like. Oh, yeah. 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 He, he said Schnell. he said specifically when she cut when when she caught his like place, he's like spy saboteur. Uh, yeah, socialist, but that was still fascist. fascist. He was fascist. still playing the. That was still you're peeling back layers on the onion of his like right. his you know deception. I'll even go the propaganda route and say that the the Germans were bankrolling his rise to stardom yeah, in yeah, Hollywood. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I say that's where it's going. That they put there. Yes, he was a German for guy. sure. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, but really, I mean, that's what's kind of bad about the movie is the fact that they yeah they don't really use him as a villain but he is a romantic uh creeper he's a fucking creeper just a just a dude for cliff secord to kind of like battle against for jenny's emotions you know because she thinks oh why can't you be more like neville sinclair and all these movies so she can realize that what she has is great and she doesn't need all that south seas club bullshit yeah that's the movie. See, man. I don't know. Yeah. I still, you know, she likes the even movies. now, I don't think I. Cliff Secor's the real deal. But I don't think that bothers. I mean, that is appropriate for, like, the tone I think that this movie is, like, trying to. Stress. I think so, too. Like, I just think they needed a little bit more just something to. I mean, really, I mean, my biggest. The biggest fault of this movie is, like, Paul Servino's the only good mobster in the movie. <laughs> all the capos, all the other thugs in this movie just suck. They just don't even. Yeah, no, Gideon should have been one of the Gideon. Yeah, Gideon would have been a better. Uh, he would have been a better the, uh, mobster than like uh, ever. One of those guys. There was that one guy that looked like a uh, a. He looked like a De Niro extra. Yeah, <laughs> he, looked, he looked exactly he like a De Niro. Good. He was I just because he was a De Niro mobster. extra. Everybody else looked like I. They just look so. I don't know. They look generic. It looked like I've seen TV. Uh, I've seen TV mobsters look more convincingly like mobsters. I'll take it because hey, you say that, and maybe I'll give you that, but at least like the gangsters and the atmosphere of this movie felt more real as compared to like certain stuff you get today. Like, say, nowadays when they try and do like the gangsters, gangster like squad. gangster squad uh-huh. and shit like that, <laughs> there's a slickness to it that doesn't feel real or, you know, 
accurate in any way where in this movie I you know I I accept it it feels like a you know 1938 Los Angeles that's why I like this movie because you know it feels more real to me maybe it's, it has to do with when the movie like was Tracy. made <clears throat> it didn't feel as cartoonish as Dick Tracy uh, Dick yeah, Tracy was so fucking some cartoonish Dick Tracy moments man I had Lothar Lothar big and Dick Tracy but Dick Tracy was like right around like the same year or something right that yeah. came out that's the Warren Beatty slash Madonna yeah Tracy. well after Tim Burton's Batman <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like well, oh my god comic books can make money yeah so it's two t-shirts. whatever happened to Dick Tracy was that flop yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, nobody wanted to see that. <laughs> did you not see, but I don't think did you not see Mumble Mouth? Really well, did. you know why, though? Well, because fucking Madonna. That's why no one wants to see... It's like, <laughs> yeah. who gives a shit about Madonna and Dick Tracy? And I think like, Warren yeah. Beatty was kind of like a weird... Well, I actually heard yeah. he like held on to the movie rights forever. Like He was so convinced he's, he was going to make another one and like stars him again. Yeah. Oh, he was convinced. because yeah, he directed that, too. I think so. I mean, it's one of those... Like, oh. I mean, the look of the movie isn't bad because yeah. it's got all those bizarre colors. I mean, it looks like an Adam West And it has Al Pacino. Pacino Oh, dude. Dan. Dan. (laughs) Yeah, big boy. Tracy. Tracy. Yeah. Well, it was interesting what you were saying, Sean, about like the uh, the 1930s Los Angeles. I was just talking with somebody about this. Like last night, you know, it's like there's this, you know, when you look at like 1930s Los Angeles, there's something that I want to see there that I'm never really happy with or satisfied with when I see... There was just that TV show, Mob City. Yeah. Uh, See, that's like like that. That seems like it'd be too slick and not yeah, real. Yeah, Gangster Squad and stuff like this. I mean, I know they're they're doing stuff that's more historically accurate, but that's sure. like, like not entirely interesting, where The Rocketeer, I think, does it better for me. Where I like, think so. Oh, this is like the kind of Hollywood 1930s, you know, with the mobsters. It's the color the mode. Right. Everything, is like, everything is khaki, brown. Like, well, so that's or it's like, those movies do that too. I mean, those shows do that too. But it's it's the situations I think because I'm less interested in like real mobster stuff than I think I think that I am. So whenever I watch those movies like Gangster Squad or Mob City or whatever, I'm always kind of like, oh, here's the scene where we got to do this. But it's really cool when they go to the club or they got to go to the right. you know, observatory or they got to go here and there's guys with Tommy guns riding on the you know sideboards of you know. The old Studebakers, yeah. Or whatever. It's cooler to me when they're in something like The Rocketeer, where the whole scenario is, you know, is yes. made up and you know, fanciful and stuff. You know, it's not just mobster shit, right? Know. It works better, yeah, than than most stuff I've seen today. But that's just me. I don't know. It's my, my no, preference. Like that's why I like. The, yes, you know? but indeed, uh, Dick Tracy, the Rondo Hatton guy. Did we say anything about Lothar? Lothar. Lothar guy. Looks like. Nelson Tiny Ron. Claire, a uh, henchman. Henchman. Yeah. So Huge Rondo guy. Hatton was an actor in 1930s, 1940s Hollywood. He's a big dude, but he got somehow exposed. This sounds like you know the origin story for a superhero, <laughs> but it's true. He got exposed to some kind of gas at some point that deformed the bones of his face. I think he was young as he grew up. He grew like into this deformed monstrosity. So much that Universal Studios tried to make him like add him to their monster roster. Sure. I think he had a he had a character called the Creeper. I've never actually seen any of these movies. I don't know how popular they actually are, 
the reason I know about Rondo Hatton now is because there's a horror uh, movie, uh, like literature and everything, awards that they do every year called the Rondo Awards, and they give away little statues of his face. Uh, uh, really? Kind of cool. But apparently, like, they were trying to get him into uh, into the Creeper. Also, his character uh, was a backbreaker. He folded guys up. I mean, mean, that's who this character is (laughs) based off of. Yeah, I mean, it totally is. Right. He looks like him. and He's wearing this, like, you know, uh, the actor who's playing him wears this uh, prosthetic, you know, uh, mask designed by Rick Rick Baker, Baker, the makeup effects guy, to make him look like Rondo Rondo Hatton. (laughs) Apparently, Rondo Hatton... uh, Died of a heart attack, like you know, like as they were trying to make him a star. Oh yeah, he died. Rick Baker. That was it. Back in the thirties. Who Joe Back Johnson would work with 40s. again on the Wolfman? Correct. Rick Baker yes. did the, the, all the makeup effects. Yes. Joe Johnson. I'm trying to think if he did some of the other Joe Johnson movies, but Joe, what else has he done? I mean, he did Honey, I Shrink the Kids. Yeah. Uh, Jumanji. One of the Jurassic Parks. Jurassic three. Park Three. Yep. Uh, Captain America. That's the one. Well, did. I was watching this. New Captain America? Yeah. The, no, yeah, the yeah. first Captain America. The first Avenger. Which I went back and watched, and it's, it's not so good. It's but, not good at all. It's not good. But could you see <laughs> it's why? Not good at all. Yes. Well, I can definitely see why they picked Joe the Johnston. The first Avenger. The, the first Captain one. America movie. The 80s one? No, no. no yeah. the first, Captain the, America movie. There's the new one coming Chris out. Chris Evans. Chris Evans' first Captain America Captain movie. America, the, the first, first Avenger. Avenger. Where it's like most of it's back in like the 1940s where he's fighting Nazis. Yeah, it is the World War II movie. Which you can definitely see like Colin was saying, why they picked Joe Johnson yeah, to direct that yeah. movie, because oh, yeah. he's got but, that. But that movie's still not good. No, no. It still it has the same flaws as this one. <laughs> he's so good at the character that he doesn't have, like, cool situations at all. He's, I was his just movies focus so much on, like, oh, here's just this one person. Here's your main character, and you're going to learn everything you need to know about our main character. And villains or the plot. Eh. That'd be the problem. That's the writer's fault, isn't it? Right. So I, I always thought it was the luck. I would luck. still say it's the director's fault, though. A director should know if a story doesn't have equal parts of villain, plot, character. You know, I think every director knows what their focus of the movie is going to be. I was fine with the story, but just the... Um, You're saying the, of... Of, uh, no, of Captain uh, America. Captain America. America. <laughs> like, I went back and watched it, and it, it was never my favorite Marvel movie. I always it thought is. Thor was better, which came out around the same time. But this one, I don't know, there's some certain parts in it where it's just no... Uh, he relies a little too heavily on the CG at some points in that movie, where the, like just there's no spatial, there's no geography at certain points. It's just fucking Chris Evans in front of a green screen. Some parts don't work for me. It's not... Dude, you know what the plot movie. of that movie is? Red Skull finds a blue glowy box. They put the glue, the blue glowy box in like a thing that makes their gun shoot glue, uh, blue. Yeah, that's the, the plot. Yeah, There's yeah, like no, nothing else. Right. That's not even. A, I wouldn't it's even a call that a MacGuffin. No one's even going after that. It's just uh, that's all you see him do. Yeah. And then he's like, "Hey, Captain America, I can fight you on the bridge." And, and then, then he goes fight away. On the bridge. I mean, yeah. there is nothing to that fucking movie. No, and the I Red Skull is not even that big no. a threat. And, and he doesn't actually, they don't wrap up what happens No, to him. it no, always felt like uh, it was definitely a movie <laughs> just made just to get Captain America into the Avengers. <laughs> it, it, that's what it, I feel it, like. Well, that's what all those, I can't wait, we're going to <laughs> talk about it. Anyway, so. <laughs> well, it's Joe Johnson related. Yeah, I can yeah, see but why. I can go on for, I can go on a whole new show about why Captain America sucks. <laughs> but as far, new as, one looks like, great, as far as Joe Johnson is concerned, though, I, you know, I see where he hits like the same kind of stylistic tone. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. In, oh, yeah. In this, in this movie. as Captain America. And Captain oh, America. of course. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah. why when I first heard, I mean, you see it really in, at the World's Fair in Captain America Part 1. Yeah. That's when you really see this 
the guy that made Rocketeer mm. making another movie set in that world, you know. He's very good at that. He's awesome at it. Sure. I just wish his movies were better. Right. He's a very... Say, he's out a, of that whole list, I think I like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That, That's a good movie. That or this movie or is his best work. He's a very capable director, like watching his other stuff, Jumanji, uh, Jumanji Jurassic Park. Good. Jumanji I like, mm. but again, he's very capable, and I like his movies, but nothing is like well, stands I mean, out as fantastic you know, besides I mean, I'm like, a big fan the of first the Wolfman, two. but I mean, just hearing I seen how Wolfman. he got uh, involved in that movie was like, that movie went to... It was in pre-production with a completely different director, yeah. and they had sets built, built, they had actors hired, and they had a date that they were starting on, and the director, like, quit. And they're like, fuck, we gotta, you know, we got a date, a release date, you know, we have to do this. Yeah. And so, like, who can we get? Joe Johnson. And I'm like, right there, I'm like, okay, so Joe Johnson <laughs> is a guy who's very, he's a very capable, like, workman-like director. Right? Yes. He knows the craft well enough to apparently jump in in, like, four weeks, yeah, right, take yeah. the helm of a multi-million dollar picture and you know deliver it yes but it just doesn't seem like he brings there's no like an uh, x factor there's no specific well, like I say, he doesn't care heart, about making yeah. every part of it like work i mean he makes the part he's focused on work like i mean just like the rocketeer this rock it's like it's missing an element there's like an element of this movie that's missing there is uh, there is there's I kind of agree. There's kind of a little something in there. There's no there's pl- I mean, flash plot. moment. Because it's all there's about no like s- I gotta go get Jenny. I, get, I mean that's but like that's, the plot. Is, it, I gotta go get that, her. I think is that, that's I think, go get her. That's that's on the on the screenplay level. But where, that's a director. A director helms a movie. Well, yeah. if it's I don't know. If you can, if you can see it, noticing it, right? If you can see it, but that's why I think that as a as as a he's like a director for hire where they're like for sure. Got this, oh, yeah. Got this, yeah, definitely do it. And then he doesn't actually. He no works bumps with in the road. Like I'm not gonna like, like you said. Yeah, he's well, workman. Yeah, yeah. and he's you like, can. See, this is what you want. I will oh, give it. And to you can see you that in multiples of his movies. There is just something yeah, I mean, that's not like, there. It's movie enough. Park three's lackluster. Well, I mean, I, mean, I, think, I, I mean, mean, you can compare that to the first two Jurassic Parks. Like anybody else taking those shoes, that but movie's I mean, gonna like, be lackluster. But yes, always, it is. Like I agree. This is my first time seeing Rocketeer. And the reason I've stayed away from Rocketeer is because all my life I've heard Rocketeer sucks. Oh really? Like I've heard, like that. It is isn't, just a I don't fucking terrible movie. Stay away from it at all. Terrible. I think the world view on it is about a six. I you would just say. had to. I don't know. You had to understand where special effects were at that time. I mean, I remember. Oh, wait, is that what your? Was that what the complaint was? Was it the special effects or what? No, what, I, what did they sure, complain? About? I hope not. I think you were just I, at no, that it wasn't cost. about the special effects because, like, when the movie came out, I heard "Stay Away from Rocketeer." Wow. And all my life, I've heard "Stay Away from Rocketeer." You need to stop hanging out awful. with these people. So, is this fans. stuff? Yeah, is this people that you talk to, or things that you've read, or a combination both, of both? Both. Huh. So yeah. it's like I've always stayed away, even though I'm like, I think I could like it's like steampunkish. I know it's set in the 1940s. Oh, it's a fucking rocket pack. I'm like, right? <laughs> only it's steampunkish, set in the 1940s. Probably Nazis in it. That could be right up my alley. But right? like, I've always like heard like, ah, stay away from me because it's just. You know, it's bad. Oh, well, I remember at the time when I saw it in the theater. I mean, again, in the '90s, like I said, you were there was a glut of like all this stuff. You know, well, there was I a mean, glut of stuff that was just in like the, in the wake of Batman. Shit, right? Well, there's like there's Batman, and then there was just like stuff that was just garbage. Yeah, I mean, the Shadow, I think, was yeah, worse. Yeah, Shadow. You know, that was garbage. a pretty bad one. But you know, what I'm saying is there was so much stuff to choose from at the theater at this. You know, in the cinemas every week that when the Rocketeer comes out, because obviously it's positioned to. Be 
be like that's Disney's entry into the superhero, the post Batman yeah. superhero franchises of you know they wanted to establish I would assume a series yes. with this. Oh, they did because the everybody had signed on for three movies and there was supposed to be a trilogy of this, but the uh, yeah, movie didn't do it. great. Like, it's yeah, kinda, it's engineered to be that thing, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of like you know because there was so many other things out that year, I think it kind of got you know like because it fell to the wayside. And I think the, you know, I was going to say it doesn't deliver, but that's not entirely true watching it now, but that'll come later. I guess one of the things that uh, I overheard Tom saying while we were watching the movie, and I'm like, that's probably what actually is wrong with this. The scenes are not written in a way that deliver, uh, I mean, compared to like a modern take on this kind of material, would have some kind of whimsical, uh, there'd be more up or something. There'd be like extra beats in a scene of a guy running away trying to find his rocket pack and a bunch of laundry and going up the chute where there'd be something else that happens there that would you know a burst of comic relief somebody who jumps in and says something you know and it would keep the the uh, the energy level higher. You are describing what we were talking about Joe Johnston missing in his movies. Like I think what you're describing is that is that thing where we always say it's workmanlike. There's nothing that it stands like, out that pops. Those moments I think are missing from most yeah, of like, his movies. Okay, like when Captain America, when he becomes Captain America and saves saves uh, the troop of people, then all it does is go into a montage of action scenes. It doesn't actually like yeah. go into like. A cool like here's the scenario. We have to go in here, take her it's just like it needs to be a, a like, music score with he, fucking he edited parts of action. Yeah. He misses something that's either it needs to be more suspenseful. He, he probably doesn't or it like needs action. To be more uh, maybe <laughs> like and like because I was something. remarking about like I think I think what I was remarking about was like I was like, Man, the score just doesn't fit with what's going on because like the score seems like it's a suspense scene of him running away from guys who are trying to kill him. But the score is like super whimsical. And I'm like, the score should be suspenseful. Mm. I mean, that's James Horner in effect, you know. But the action should be, re- you know, like it should be this, not, mm. you know. It's either, it's, or if you're going to do it whimsical, it should be more whimsical. I just wonder, too, if it's like, you know, even when I'm saying that, I feel kind of bad, you know, saying, you know, it's like, well, it needs to be punched up in some way. Am I spoiled by, like, the Michael Bay approach where, like, in the Transformer movies, he does that same kind of thing where no scene is boring because they're overloading it with, like, a bunch of, you know, hyperactive people yapping telling like six jokes a minute while there's like shit blowing up all over the place and where you watch the rocketeer it's kind of more like because it feels like a modern movie but at the same time it feels a lot more like i think in reality slow paced but you know it's more there's just not a lot for a guy with a rocket pack to do when he's like in a nightclub and when he's like, just, ch- I mean, that's the problem with this movie is like, he's chasing the girl. And I think that's important to the character. But when you're a rocket man, you know, like, I mean, that's why, I mean, him saving the drunk guy on the plane. I mean, that was mm-hmm. like the scene, right? Because he's yeah. learning how to use the rocket. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like the only thing like, he can do. Well, it's almost like, it's, okay, <laughs> you can fly. Shit, well, look at Iron Man, you. right? Look right. at the first Iron Man movie. The first Iron Man movie. The whole thing was just like making it and learning how it works, right? Mm-hmm. Making it, learning how it works until I got to fight the bad guy at the end, right? Yeah. This movie tried to do that, but with like chase it. It's like I got to learn how this rocket works, and I got to go get Jenny. 
You know, and then he's like, Jenny, get out of here. And then Jenny comes back and he flies away. So it's like, what got accomplished from this scene? He flew there to tell her to get out. She got out, went back in. He flew home. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck just happened in this scene? (laughs) The thing that that bothered me about the movie, and uh, I I was kind of whining about this earlier, and I'm like, man, it shouldn't be um, gangsters. Like, I want to see more Nazis. There you go. Uh, he wanted more Nazis. I'm like, where are the Nazis? Tom wanted a Nazi where and a Zeppelin. Where are the fucking Nazis at? Because they're like, earlier earlier in the movie, they tease on TV the Nazi Zeppelin is touring the United States. I'm oh, like, oh, shit. Fucking Nazis are coming. <laughs> New York, and, Chicago, and then so, make its way to Los like, Angeles. Like, the whole time in the movie, like, I'm sitting next to Sean, I'm like, where the fucking Nazis at? Where are they at? Patience, Tom. Where are the Nazis at? <laughs> Damn like, it. I'm like, we're halfway through this fucking movie. The movie's almost over. I ain't seen no goddamn Nazis yet. They well, were stopping fighting, in Chicago to pick up the Illinois Nazis, all right? He's <laughs> fucking Your Lord. gangsters. And like, you know. And the you, FBI. And, and, and running from the FBI. See, that would have been, if they would have made somehow that chase between the FBI and the gangsters more like neck and neck, I don't know, something. Maybe the payoff later on would have been would have been better. It is a nice little payoff that I like. Yeah, I mean, that scene that's, that's was good. actually like, because that's when the movie like did actually kind of kick in for me and hit like a, you know, like, oh, okay, things are actually like happening and right. all these things are kind of coming together that were kind of cool. You got, you know, your, your gangsters have shown up. Uh, with Neville Sinclair there to get the rocket back from Cliff. Then the FBI shows up, so you got the FBI and the gangsters, and then like the Nazi Neville Sinclair calls in the, <laughs> well, the Nazis that are hiding in the there bushes. Is, there is a very good moment with uh, Paul Sorvino, where like Paul Sorvino is the is the hired muscle for Neville Sinclair. He's, he's using him to get the to get the rocket, and they do meet up at the Griffith Observatory, and then um, so Cliff can hand over the rocket, and I then think I, I had some total glee moments. There. He did. I was, I was I was giggling for joy because like man. Hold on, Cliff. Yeah. But Cliff starts spouting off about what's it like working for a Nazi, Eddie? And Eddie's like, "What are you talking about?" And they pay in dollars with Deutschmarks. And there's a very good moment that I love where where Valentine is like, uh, "You know, what are you talking about?" It's like, "I may not, I may not make an honest buck, but I'm 100 percent American," <laughs> which I think is great. That yeah, like he just he just yeah, sides he with Cliff. He's like, on, "No," on his Nazi employer. Right. Once he finds out that he's working for the. Uh, the Germans and there's that moment that, of you know a little humor where uh, the the Schnell. mobsters and the FBI guy find themselves like on the same side fighting yeah <laughs> shooting yeah, the Nazis, the Nazis. that's good funny though it's like man when I saw that scene I was like yeah that scene it was like shot a little too far back it's like you could see where that would have hit yeah, like oh, perfectly yeah. but it's like ah oh, goddamn Joe Johnson <laughs> goddamn it why is he but, I mean this? yeah it was like there was like oh my oh that that's when I was like that's when I jumped on board this movie and I was like in because you got the Nazi Zeppelin you got the gangsters who are now good guys fighting against the Nazis. Yeah, it all came together for Tom in it one all, big like, moment. Just like the gel. <laughs> that like, came yeah. together for me too. But that's I where you get that your was like, well, right. Dude, that's like, where you get your hero moment too, where yeah, he, he grabs the, the Nazi here. gun, he heads up on the platform, he's got the fucking American flag American waving flag. behind him, and he gets that. <laughs> well, he's oh, got that yeah. awesome uh, got that, the, uh, Luger, right. the Luger yeah. pistol. And he gets dude. In that, I mean, that's the Rocketeer's like fucking pistol. And there's that Rocketeer pose he does. Yeah, he's in the spotlight. Dude, that's why you have. 
that fucking fit on the helmet, That's man, it. so you can put your arm with your pistol up like this. Yep. Every action figure released in the Rocketeer, <laughs> sure. that is the pose. Yeah. I mean, that's just like... He takes off to the Zeppelin, and the monster's like, go get him, Go get him, kid. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, that's right what's because It is like the right building there. of a superhero. Someone that's yep. not trying to be a superhero, but like... Like, Howard Hughes doesn't know what it's like to ride in the rocket. Like, the you know, Neville Sinclair just wants the rocket for the Nazis. It's like, he is really the only dude that is like, he's mastered the ride. He is, you know, the right? guy, the one guy trained for this piece of equipment what was it in like? all of America. Strapping that thing to your back. Yeah, and flying like, like a bat out of hell. Thing. In the original comic book, Howard Hughes shows up with his own rocket suit. Oh, does to he? Get, to get the rocket back. Nice. You know? That's another thing. Like, I like the uh, portrayal of Howard Hughes by Terry O'Quinn in this Ooh. movie. I think it was very well. Oh, like, it's awesome. That was very good. I like that whole subplot with, you know, that he he was developing it, but developing it in his factory and that the propaganda film from the Nazis that he shows Cliff Secord later in the movie. It's like, it was an awesome cartoon. pay attention, kid. Yeah, that was an awesome cartoon. It was that good. Was like a so cartoon. It was. It was oh, very man. good. Europe today, tomorrow the world. Tomorrow's uh, the world. It just shows like America all strong Nazi, of, uh, Nazi rocket men. Nazi rocket men invading the United States. That's fucking terrifying. <laughs> yep. Goddamn horrifying. That was good. That was always a standout when I watched it. Well, that also had like another... That my pig. And I think, uh, you know, that Uh-oh. was the other thing that, uh, that helped establish this movie. You know, again, I was making the Captain America uh, connection right there. Uh, when they're showing that the original Nazi rocket pack, the guy blows up or whatever, yeah. Howard Hughes is like, but our boys figured out how to do blah, 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 perfected the thing. I'm like, yep, because they're American. <laughs> it's just got the, you know, yep, like, it does. very pro-America, like, 1938. <laughs> figured it out. I was thinking the other thing, too, like, when the movie started, and it says, the subtitle says, eh? Time oh, the uh, subtitle <laughs> says 1938. Uh, Tom right away is like, oh! Is there Nazis in this movie? And yep. I'm like, is that because this is set the same year as Indiana Jones? Wasn't that 1938? That's like that. How many 1938 movies? How many movies that take place in 38? I want to say don't have Nazis. But (laughs) that's what I'm saying. Like even Sky Captain in the World for Tomorrow might be like in 19. Well, wasn't it? That was more high fantasy. Wasn't it? I mean. Oh uh, yeah, it was a little more heightened. Yeah. That yeah. wasn't necessarily like Hitler and the right, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. That's not the magic year. Right? It, it, it really is. is. I was well, just watching that earlier today, the, well, like Raiders the of the Lost Ark. I was like, was yes. it or Well, I would say thirty-eight. Uh, the birth of the superhero. That's what I think. Thirty-eight is the birth of Superman. It's the birth of the superhero. It's the birth of. I mean, I can't necessarily. It's not necessarily the birth of the chapter serials. It's not the birth of the mystery men or anything like that. Because, yeah. like, the Phantom and the Shadow, that was before 38. Yeah. yeah. needed heroes to fight but the Nazis. It's just weird. It's always, other- if you're writing something comic-related and it's going to be in the 30s, it's got to be the yeah. year. <laughs> it's got to be Nazis. <laughs> it's got to be. Well, there was at the end Nazis. when they finally the the final showdown takes pl- place on the blimp. Which is a terrible fucking like, Zeppelin's terrible. It's a terrible idea. Paul it's a great place for the. It's but a great place for the ending in the movie. You know, you got to blow the goddamn right. thing up and you had a big fireball. <laughs> you have in the to. Sky. I, I like. I almost wish this was supposed to be. Uh, uh, the Hindenburg, right? That would like fit in right. with history. You know, it blows nice. up the Hollywood land signs. Yeah, yeah. Hollywood. Uh, well, Hindenburg, that was New I York, know, right? Yeah, but but that would have been yeah. nice. It would have been nice but, to yeah. uh, make it the Hindenburg. Yeah. There is a movie <laughs> oh, called uh, 
Is it called the Hindenburg? George C. Scott's on it, <laughs> where he's like a German trying to track down a saboteur. Saboteur? And the whole thing takes place on the Hindenburg. Saboteur. Yeah. Like a Twilight Zone episode? No, it's a full-length uh, full <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, but I guess what I was uh, seeing in that scene, which, you know, again, when I was younger and I saw it, it's like, okay, this is the scene where, you know, the guy has to fight the, the bad guy. Our hero fights the bad guy. Bad guy's holding a gun to the girl's head. This time, I'm, like, sitting there going, like, these people are, like, so outclassed. Like, she's, like, what, like, 21 years old or something yeah. like that. He's about that age. Yeah, he had this jetpack, and now he's ended up on this, you know, Zeppelin full of Nazis, and he's going up against this Nazi agent. I'm just this, like, this guy is, like, completely outclassed. I felt it more this time, but I don't think it's actually in the movie or in the performance. That's yeah. because it is, like, because every like, single time, even no matter how heroic... The like, no matter how heroic the character gets, they always bring him back down to where when he's landing, it's always like a rough landing. He they always prove he doesn't have a lot of control. Right, he's still over learning. having a jetpack, and you know I think he's a very human guy. He's yes. not you know, like he said, he's not an action hero. He's no. just like I've got a rocket pack. I need to get up there. Yeah. I go up there. It's yeah. still rough. He's still becoming the rocketeer. Yeah, like, the rest is up to him. He's got to right. learn how to. Yeah, have fisticuffs. Right, and there's always on the fucking Zeppelin. There's always that one Nazi, always black hat, glasses, kind of nerdy looking. Just there's always that one tote, right? Always that one fucking Nazi. Like, well, the guy from uh, Raiders. That's what I was just watching today. Right, it's like it's the same fucking guy. Nazis in uniforms, man. Or these people saw Raiders. I think Joe Johnson did work on Raiders or something. He, he did for ILM or something. Uh, he did. He, Joe, that Joe was his, Johnson. He worked did for ILM. A lot of the young Indiana Jones. He did. He did a lot of the young Indiana Jones movie or uh, show. He did. He was ILM before he became a director. Yeah, yeah that was his. That was <laughs> his, his blood. It really is. Yeah. Those fucking Nazis, man. Well, I like how he beats Neville Sinclair. I like how they right. set up earlier in the movie. The ricochet. Because I hate, I hate when I can feel a, a, a uh, an ending coming. Yeah, the the uh, damn it, the foreshadowing. foreshadowing. Yeah. I hate when you can just see it. But this is just like, ah, oh, you must have picked up a ricochet. You know, don't take off, or you know, you got a fuel leak. If you take off, you could blow yourself to hell. So it puts the piece of gum the over the lucky it, gum. You know? And then here you go. And yeah, the whole movie, Cliff Secret's putting that gum everywhere, putting that gum everywhere. And then when he gives the rocket over to Neville, he takes that gum off so that leak can happen. I was like, this oh, is no, brilliant, just, man. That's like the first sure, way yeah. to end a movie. To have the villain win, but then somehow you can sabotage or just the idea of having that power destroys the villain. Like, that's a broad. To me, I like that. It's a way better ending than any sort of like, I just beat the villain. But having the dude end, and then it's like, the, we gotta get the fuck off of here. You know, even though we beat the villain, we're still on a yep. Zeppelin that's on fire now. Yeah. He, Which I thought that was awesome. When each section like, uh, was like blowing uh, up. Captain America oh, that's good. That same. Uh huh. That he won, but then got. Uh, oh, well, he self sacrificed himself, yeah? Right, yeah. yeah how, how did he beat Red Skull? Didn't Red Skull? Red Skull okay. That's, that's, where, that's, that's, that's where that movie falls apart. Took him into another dimension. Right. So he can show it up disintegrated him. Yeah. yeah. Basically. That's yeah, why that movie's yeah, not yeah, so very yeah, good. That movie so but, uh, yeah, but yeah, Neville Sinclair straps on the rocket with the leaking uh, ricochet in the back, <laughs> and he's like, I'll miss Hollywood. No, you won't. See, I and he flies that, off. Yeah, but I thought that joke, like, didn't no, land. 
Like, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, got yeah. what they were doing. No, yeah. you won't, because he's going to explode all over it. And but that's the best Hollywood joke, sign. is that he falls into the Hollywood land sign, knocks yeah. out the land, and yeah, it's just the Hollywood. Tr- the truth be told, like, he took off without the fucking helmet. He would have just fucking careened himself. If he'd crash. But he doesn't know that. He doesn't know. Like, he's not... you need the helmet in order to fly, because that's where the control of the... <laughs> yeah, he, he is, people, he's a dumb yeah, Nazi. He doesn't know. blinded by power don't think about things like right. that. They're too it's like, secure. why would I wear the stupid helmet? Well, that's how you pilot the thing. <laughs> but that's what makes Cliff Secord the specialist, not Neville Sinclair. It's okay, sir. Our blimp is piloted by the finest pilot in Germany. That was funny. <laughs> and then Lothar gets Lothar, knocked yeah. off the blimp and knocks that fucker out. Lothar. Yeah. They did. You think they'd reach their arms out and grab some shit? (laughs) But no. It's a cockpit, man. Dear Lord. Get this giant blimp, and then apparently it's like five foot space. Yeah, with like ten guys in it. Yeah, six guys, whatever. Yeah. But then the zeppelin starts to blow up, and they got to get out of there. Lothar. I don't think a zeppelin would blow up in sections, but it still looks cool. I mean. I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, who knows? There's helium in the whole thing. Right. Well, what would yeah. stop it from... Uh, yeah. <laughs> why would yeah. it blow up in sections? Uh, it yeah. pretty much all blow up. Yeah, but I watched that movie. I should know this, but I can't remember. It looked cool, though. It looked, <laughs> it looked cool. cool. Blowing up in yeah. sections. And that was, that was nice like, practical. If that was, green, yeah, front, if it was green screen, it was fucking green. No, looking, that was real. There was one scene I thought it looked like green screen, but... Still pretty fucking great. Looking. I don't know. I mean, green screen when like Lothar gets flame, but they were standing there and that flame was coming up behind it him. That was crazy. pretty good. That was it's good looking. Well, some of the I guess that's the other thing to talk about is the practical effects in this movie. I mean, for the most part, there's a lot of blue screen or whatever going right, on. Right, composite. Actually, yeah. You know, I say a lot, but not as much as I guess you. Well, he's flying right. around. Yeah, I mean, some of that's a guy on a wire being like so, right. mostly rumor, the you know, uh, most of the stuff when he's in the clouds. The, in the, or, in the club yeah. is wire right. It's not like an actual James Bond movie where they actually use a fucking real rocket pack. Right, that but there is a guy, bad. like, the guy falls off the plane, like, three times when he's going to save uh, uh, Malcolm. Like, that's a guy on a plane just kind of rolling yeah. off and yeah, falling out like of the sky. Real, that's real. real. Yeah, that's right. fun stuff. That's real aerial stunts. The first uh, time that we see Cliff that he's in the plane and, like, you know, the... the yeah, right? The, How would... The, uh, cockpit cracks and he's getting sprayed in the face that looks like they mounted a camera they're probably used being towed by something or right whatever. like but there's a second like pilot the in, in the air but right billy campbell is in the air <laughs> yeah, flying the at air. that it, point it does not look like a no a that CG is real kind of like you do it today and i appreciate that i know because it sells you it don't see that you know, anymore the other thing too when he gets on the uh well, the I thought they this. use a, like a slow plane from the 30s <laughs> everything's yeah. like jet planes like yeah there would be no like fucking walking around on it and shit like yeah Right, yeah. You gotta wait for your period piece film. Well, there was uh, another scene, too, where just there was a little bit of a, uh, like a camera judder on the wing of the Zeppelin. I don't know what they were doing, you know, how they did this, but the guy's crawling along the side of the Zeppelin, and the camera moved in a way that felt really organic. Like, it's like, huh, that's actually like. Oh, they. That's the camera. They invented. Um, they had Citicam over this. For this movie, they invented Shaky Cam. Like, there was a special rig uh, designed for the uh, Zeppelin shooting that was shaky cam to make, you know, to make it feel more real of being on the thing. Yeah, invented for this movie. But they, when uh, it was all shot that way, and I think released theatrically that way, it may have been changed before that. But at some point, they thought it was too, like, discombobulating for the audience. So it was all steadied out. 
when it was released. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe some of that still shows up in the final yeah. picture. But, yeah, Shaky Cam, invented for this and used in that when they're on the, the Zeppelin and everything. It'll be yeah. nice to see that. Right. I bet it looks awesome. I know, right? But, I yeah, mean, I think you got, how, I think you got I mean, a little bit of that. That's how J.J. Abrams makes all his movies. Now, so. <laughs> well, I mean, I've seen a similar, like, CG kind of effect where people do that now, where you shake the camera right. in post. To give it that kind of, you know, something hit something really hard. Yeah. The impact shakes the camera. But this did it in a way that's no, like, this oh, was, that was real. That right. was a real camera. This shake. is real. They and smoothed it, it out a little bit. More, uh, yeah. You know, realistic, I guess. Yeah. It was awesome. But yeah. So that's the Rocketeer. 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 So that's uh, Sean's pick. Shit, that means I got to go Yeah, first. you go first, buddy. All right. So this is Colin, and my wrap-up of the Rocketeer is uh, I enjoyed this movie this time uh, watching it, which is, uh, you know, the first time I saw it. Again, I was just kind of, I think, maybe at the, the time it was released, inundated by the stuff of the, of the day, and it was kind of like, eh, you know, this one's another superhero movie, and it's, you know, not as good as some of the others. Now, you know, with uh, some time and just looking at it as the film that it is, it, you know, it play. I thought it played a lot better. Yeah, it's kind of slow in spots. You could probably tighten it up somehow, uh, maybe delete like a subplot or two. I don't know. I mean, you look at the movie as it is. Um, it was entertaining. I like all the people in it. Um, you know, uh, I like the kind of, you know, the pulp um, adventure you know, uh, that it, that it's trying to convey, you know, that's like really fun. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, it's just, I, I feel positive about it, I guess. So that's the thing. I mean, I don't want to criticize it too much. There's always something, I guess, you can nitpick at. Sure. You know, uh, Travis was saying the mobsters were the biggest thing wrong with this movie. I think, you know, you could say, right, you could say that there's very unlucky uh, strategic placement of uh Gasoline trucks in this movie. Because <laughs> no, just two. Yeah, them. just two. But they seem to be like, yeah. whenever a plane is like, oh, we're falling out of the no, sky. No, basically, if there's an accident out, at the airfield, it, it's a gas truck. directly a gas into truck. a gas oh, truck. <laughs> it's amazing. But, you know, that's kind of the thing. In some movies, you're like, oh, that, you know, it, uh, it takes me right out of it. In this, it doesn't because it feels like it's like, Okay, well, that's what you would do in this right. kind of movie. You know, it's like, I'm not looking at this like it's real. <laughs> right. You know, you're doing it for, it's an escapist, you know, family-friendly, I guess. They only say son of a bitch, I think. They do, the yeah, it is. Word yeah, it that they use. made more family-friendly. Kinda, I wouldn't say it doesn't feel like a kid's movie, which for that I like it. It feels more like it's in the tone of and probably inspired by, you know, the Indiana Jones kind of movies. Uh because I think there was the last one of those came out in 89, so it was still a contemporary of that, you know. Um, oh. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was um, I thought it was good. You should check it out. The Rocketeer. Rocketeer. Uh, this is my uh, first time seeing it. First uh, time. You know, I've, I've been told all my life to avoid this movie because I was told that it sucks. Um, upon seeing it, it had Nazis and blimps, man. Yeah, I, I actually. <laughs> this movie's like right out my alley. Are I you going to go buy it? I actually. No, no I'll tell you what. I mean, I actually really. I, I enjoyed this movie. This movie is right up my alley. It's like got like that steampunk type of feel. It's got that like 30s kind of. You know, they're fighting Nazis and gangsters, and um, um, there's a lot of action and adventure. Much like uh, in, in Indiana Jones feel, and um, I like that it's slow in some spots. Um, 
it it's not without its flaws. I mean, it could use a little bit of pizzazz, or is that either make it more zany and goofy, or make it more suspense and serious? I mean, like there's something missing about this movie, definitely. Um, it is right up my alley, and if you are the type of person that likes, I mean, you know, like I recommend this movie wholeheartedly. If you're the type of person that likes those kind of movies, you know, steampunkish action adventure, kind of almost like the World War II-ish type. Um, but, I mean, if you haven't seen it, I mean, like, you know, I mean, I guess you could probably, it, it, you know, that if you're the type of audience for this movie, otherwise, you could probably pass. It's for me. But I don't necessarily recommend it for the world. Well, I do. Just because, I don't know, I've always... Uh, character design character design's always fascinated me almost way more so than... Like, like I can deal with... I can deal with a bad, a bad plot if I think the guy looks awesome. You know, one of those... You know, a very visual person, especially when it comes to superhero guys with rocket packs and you know i mean just the helmet alone is like worth the ticket price i mean that's i mean i remember when i saw that that cardboard stand up in theaters like you know i didn't even have to see the movie i was like i love this <laughs> i remember i had the i had the the 3d comic book uh, of the movie adaption with the converted by ray zone yeah with the video with the uh, audio cassette that's oh, wow. also how I got to know so many of the dialogue parts. The gentlemen, I don't work for the government. <laughs> Tell them Howard Hughes said so. Uh, so I just—it's it, one of those like I think, regardless of the superheroics, I think you get the same thrill of like a Superman character. It's just the idea of being able to fly. The idea of like, oh my god, you strap it to your back and you just fucking zoom away. You know, you can pick up the hot, you know, fucking brunette haired girl and just whatever you're go see go see i don't know cagney movies and <laughs> that neville sinclair film? it's i don't know i mean not that like it's you know yeah it's not that it's oh it's such a fantastic film i think it's got a really good character i think it's got good dialogue i think it's got good relationships between characters it's like if you're uh, well no i can't put it like that um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just like the relationships between the characters. I like, uh, um, uh, I mean, the special effects themselves is definitely a little lackluster. It's a little noticeable in areas. Oh, for sure. I mean, I remember specifically, I mean, we just got done watching Fly of the Navigator a few weeks ago. I mean, I remember this and Fly of the Navigator both having, like, like special effects specials on, like, the Disney Channel at the time of, like, the theater release. And, you know, going back, it's like, Jesus Christ, they made it such a big deal out of it. And it's like, ah! <laughs> you know, yeah, I guess. It, I mean, that's why I, I think movies like this are not thought of as highly it's just because it was at a time where special effects were so new that it's like, I think they thought the special effects were going to make up for, like, the lack of the whimsy. Like, I think they thought the flying was going to be so fun that it was going to add the fun instead of, like, oh, shit, we need to think of him for stuff to do when he flies around. <laughs> yeah, because wasn't this the same year as Terminator 2? 
I think so. The special effects that were like, yes. Boom, there's the new level. Yeah, but what's the special effects in that? He turns mirror image and goes into the It was. It was, because this was up up for some awards, like Rocketeer versus Terminator 2, and like Saturn Awards and stuff Uh, like that. And like there was a competition between them, and Terminator 2 beat him out for it. But yeah, Yeah. this was the same time, yeah. Yeah. Plus, they're probably relying on old Disney craft, you know. Yeah. The old Disney craft, man. We always fall into those. We always fall into those weird decade gaps where you're like, "Wait, was that a movie from the '70s or the '80s? <laughs> 1980? You know, it's one of those things where this is a movie that was. The effects were probably they started the effects in 1988 or '89 or whatever. Yeah, it was yeah. You know, you're in the. You start planning those things in like '80s. Yeah, you got to get your 91. effects going. You know, yeah. so yeah, their their effects were probably started a little bit before the turn of. You know, the one effect that I was like, kind of like, how in the fuck are they doing that? There was a, was the actual, the the jet itself. There was a a moment where the thing was like uh, strapped on the back of a statue and it was in the ground. And the thing coming out of the back of that was this full, like, I don't know, like three foot long jet. It's full flame. And it looks real. I'm like, it's probably real. I'd say it's real. What's powering that? And the only thing I could think was that while it was in the ground, there's like all this shit, you know, going underneath the sand. It's just like, like, I think so. That little thing was blowing out that much fire. I think it's set up to do that. Like every, the flames in this, all the pyro, yeah, the flames, the pyrotechnics in real. That's real. They gotta go shut that thing off and fucking burn his ass off. I mean, I'm sure when he was wearing it, I'm sure it was superimposed or something like that. But still. But, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would also. I mean, if you like this idea, I would totally recommend the comic books. uh, Just because. I mean, the comic books are basically the same thing. You said there's new comics out now. There is new ones, yeah. They started just for the very first time. Still the same dude? No, Dave Stevens, he died shortly after the making of this movie. Oh, wow. Harry Cell Leukemia. So, I mean, it's literally like one of those things where it's like, man, he created one of the most, like, iconic images in comic book history and then, like, died, like, a year or two later. You know, it's really one of those stories where it's like, I mean, that's probably, I guarantee that might be the only reason why they didn't continue to make the other movies because without the creativity of Dave Stevens, they probably had nowhere else to go with it or whatever, you know, wow. I, but they really get bedded on him. Uh, and who knows? I mean, they, he probably planned on doing more comics. I don't know. But yeah, they started doing more comic books by some really good writers uh, and some really good artists uh, for probably the past three years now. They've... Uh, hmm. So, yeah, just read everything, watch everything. I love The Rocketeer. It's got its flaws, but I've never seen a superhero movie that's perfect yet. You know, I mean, that's just, it's sad to say, but it is the idea that they're making movies for the movie audience and not the comic book audience, even though the comic book audience would be the same as the movie audience if they would just adapt it and whatever, but for some reason they see it differently. And so, but anyway, so you got to take what you can get, you know, and you're getting this with the rocket. You got, yeah. You just gotta, you just gotta do it, man. You got, you will watch George Clooney be Batman if that's the only you Batman will. they're gonna give you. That's hey, that's you that's will. Batman. You'll be like, God, you will enjoy man. your that's bat Batman. nipples if all you got is bat nipples. That's yeah. how you got, man. If that's, that's what the you got. That's what you're working you. with. Freeze. Everybody saw Superman Returns. You know, they had to give it a chance. Right. <laughs> that's know? the only Superman you're getting. God damn it. <laughs> so, so I recommend it uh, just because I love it. There it is. <laughs> um, 
The Rocketeer. Uh, this was, I would say, this was my first superhero movie. Like, this is the guy that, because I saw this probably when I was, say, I'll say nine or ten around there. This is the guy I would go out in the backyard and pretend to be. Because there was nothing better than strapping a, the rocket on your back and just flying around. Like, that was it for me. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, there's a special place in my heart for this movie. I do, I like the the feel of the 1930s Los Angeles. Like, I'm a fan of that, that look. Um, I think Joe Johnson pulls it off uh, in this movie better than most. Um, uh if it's uh, it almost you almost get that kind of behind the scenes uh, look at Hollywood as far as like the uh, the Neville Sinclair being on a movie set thing goes, which I always appreciate. Like I'm a fan of that. Um, I think uh, the whole gangster vibe, despite uh, despite maybe the acting not being the best, I think the whole the the gangsters and the Nazis and the FBI um, of that era, I think it's pulled off and it looks it you know it, it, authentic to me. Like there's an authenticity to this that I appreciate that I think Joe Johnson does very well. Um, that uh, you know, I really appreciate in this. So I, uh, I'm a big fan of this movie. This is one of my favorites. Um, I definitely recommend it. I think it's probably. I was gonna say it was his uh, his best work, but now that I think me and Travis were talking about it before, I think Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is actually his, it, it, that is his best. His first movie is his best work, <laughs> but this is up wow. there. It, it, I think well, it is he's not out of a, everything. He, he doesn't does, take he, care of a script. Right, he, he doesn't. Scripts go to shit. He does. I mean, there is something lacking in a Joe Johnston movie. I don't know what it is. They're there very is a, well. He does very action oriented movies and he's not good at action at there's all. something there's <laughs> high points but he's not. He, no, but he does is it very action, well. Like high pace at all. He's not bad at it. He, no, he's not bad. Not. See, I would say he. Is. I would. I don't I would say he's just as bad as Chris Nolan and Batman Begins was bad at action. We, we, he's just like not a student of action. Just doesn't know. There are some where to put the camera parts. and like where to edit and where to make it yeah. fast paced. I don't. Nothing. I don't think Joe Johnson is a bad director in, by any means. I think, but we described it earlier. I think he's very workmanlike. I think he's he's got his style. He's capable. He's very capable. <laughs> and but I but. I do like a lot of what he does. I think it's missing some, I think, what we described, like some high points in certain scenes that he could hit better. But um, he's I still think he's very good. I'm a fan of what he does. He's done a lot of stuff. Um, but uh, I think his earlier stuff was, was the best. And uh, Rocketeer holds a special place in my heart as first superhero movie uh, for me. And uh, I definitely recommend it. Um, Is that for a remake? Uh, I'm. I, hey, I'd watch it. Fucking eight. Dude. I'd watch Especially that movie. If they made like, another Rocky movie. I'd go see it. That was the day. Oh yeah, that was the time for these special effects, dude. As long as I, you didn't put it modern day, I'd be fine. No, no, they'd have to. But see, crazy. but see, but then I'd be like, I don't know, because anything that's come out modern day that's been about like that era, like hasn't been good. Yeah, I people mean, don't know how to do that. Gangster Squad. Like you go back to Nazis with Indiana Jones, and it was horrible. Like I, I didn't appreciate that. But um, what are you talking about? Crystal Skull? Oh. Were they Russians? Whatever, it was bad. Yeah. Alright, that's that's for another day. We don't do pieces nowadays. No, or at least we don't do them well. We're too pretty. for Our movies are too pretty now. They really are. They are too pretty. Johnny Depp is fucking... 
was, Public uh, Enemies. Yeah, yeah, as, yeah fucking. What's that yeah. guy's name? I don't know. Bugs Dillinger. Dillinger. Yeah, Dillinger. Yeah, it is. It is too pretty. It was just terrible. Well, it was a pretty movie. It was a stupid movie. They don't know how to do time move period pieces. They really don't. It is. But if you want to see a good period piece, see this movie because I think it's well. It's well cast. And hey, and the Phantom. I like the Phantom. That's a good movie. I agree with that. Yeah, I haven't seen I that. I thought I saw a piece of it. Yeah, no, 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 no. I haven't seen it lately. Is what I was okay, saying. Uh, lately, um, uh, it was on the other day. But no. But this movie, it's a good period piece. I think it's very well cast. Um, I like all the actors in it. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's very good. I highly recommend it. Um, see the Rocketeer. I don't Ooh. care if it's. Uh, Tom said something that fuck it, see it. I don't care, see it. It's very good. Still holds up twenty years later. I just I know maybe the masses. No, I think I think it's for the masses. Nuts. No, I think it's for the masses. There is nuts because yeah, the masses. No, it's for the masses. Comic book fan. I mean, that is why we're watching a movie. If he had to draw the mass like that, we wouldn't be watching a movie with that man. The masses. The audience. Oh, I'm talking about yeah. masses. Yeah, the, mass. the masses. Oh no, no, <laughs> the masses. All right, the masses. Here, I was going to say, well, history actually backs Tom up on this one. The masses did. This go is, it's yeah, true, but it's true. Well, the, what the masses do back up also speaks to. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. You know, the, the I think it is for the masses. Me not to see this movie. Fuck right? the masses. Or the masses and, at and that point. <laughs> Sorry. I think we're at a cutoff point. <laughs> fucking movie. At that I point. I saw this movie. I'm like, this movie's fucking tits. It's great. It's got Nazis, fucking blimps, gangs, rocket men. Fighting Nazis, rocket men. See it. It's See it now. Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. Oh, it's and got the everything girls, you want. Yeah. Yep. See it and see it All now. right. There you go. All right. So that's the Rocketeer on the Saturday Night Free Show. I know you want to know what we're watching next week. Oh, yeah. So you, can yeah. Prepare, you can send oh, us questions and comments oh, about it. Brent is not here tonight. Zemeckis. Oh, God. It's not Zemeckis. Uh, he wants to show. You ready? The Running Man. So that's next oh, week on the Saturday right. Night Freak Show. We can watch it. We can watch The Running Man. I might read the book before That'd we watch be the movie. Yeah, uh, I've got the book sitting on my shelf very, right now. Very different. Never well, that's why I want to talk about it. Is right. that the Schwarzenegger? Is that yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that, that either. Oh, no. oh, oh really? God. Oh, I'm excited. Dude, I haven't seen this movie in a while. Like a ga- there's a gap. There is a gap. Of movies that I missed. I, I guess think, so. I think it must have been like your, college or your son or shit. Fuck? Like college. I'm your D and D years or something. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was your D and D years. years yeah. Yeah, I was exactly. in the labyrinth of Tordor. Tormentor. Yeah, yeah. Tor- yeah. Tor- yeah. Tordor the Tormentor. There, there was a dark period where a dark I did period. Not, uh, it was the dark times. <laughs> all right. Let's so go next home. week you'll get all caught up on that on the Saturday night At freak, the freak show. show. And that's it. Until next week. See you later. Cianaro. 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 No.